Hi, I'm Ellen. And I'm Alex. And this is our podcast, Uniquely Portable Magic, where we talk about all things books. This week, we are talking about A Light in the Flame by Jennifer L. Armentrout. <laughs> Woo! So excited. It is the second book in the Shadow and the Ember series. I don't know, is it called something flesh, else? Flesh yes, the Flesh and, and Fire series. Fire? Flame? Flesh and Fuck. We <laughs> should know what this flesh. We're super professional. Oh, oh my god. My it's god. literally on the it's literally on the front of this. Oh, a flesh and fire novel. Okay. So I guess I could look at the book that's next to me, whatever. Yeah, maybe we should have <laughs> done this better. But anyways, we are talking about A Light in the Flame by Jennifer L. Armentrout. Um, it is the second book in the prequel series to um the blood and ash series and it um continues the story of nikdos and sarah um basically taking off sarah i say sarah okay i know don't worry one of my notes is to talk about the pronunciation guide in this one too oh i saw the pronunciation pronunciation guide and just decided that i didn't want to even look at it because one, I don't know how to read those, like some of the, oh no, she doesn't do that. She actually no, like spells she it doesn't out. Do, she doesn't use the standardized version. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about that in a minute. Continue talking about that. Sorry, the book. sorry. So no, it's fine. I distracted you. It um, starts right back up from where the first book ends. I love uh, that she does that in her books. Yeah, we can talk about that in a little bit too. <laughs> Um, so Sierra and Nikdos, their journey as whatever their relationship is (laughs) at the specific time in the book, it morphs all the time, but anyways, trying to figure out, um, what the heck to do with her in general. And I don't know how to save elysium from the rot and what to do with her because she's not like she has more than just being a human and i'm not explaining this book well at all (laughs) i think we can just probably stop there (laughs) it's okay it's much better than anything i would have spewed um as always this will be your spoiler alert we will be talking in depth about this book which is a light in the flame inevitably we will also be talking about a shadow in the ember which is the first book in the series and i think i guess i can't talk for you but some of my notes do have some ties to the other series which is uh the blood and ash series so that's going to be um from blood and ash a crown of gilded bones the kingdom of flesh and fire and a war of two queens so if you haven't read any of those and you care about spoilers go read them they're great um and then come back and join us and if you don't care about spoilers you're weird but we love you anyways (laughs) oh my gosh i'm so excited to talk about this book okay so i almost said ellen Ellen. (laughs) (laughs) i almost went ellen (laughs) what's my name what was your favorite oh who was your favorite character okay so this should come as a shock to no one that Sierra was my favorite um 
I already really liked her in the first book. Um, and I just, it just continued in this one. It was, um, I just find her really compelling and I really like her character and, um, she's super frustrating in some points too, but I think sometimes that makes a really good character is that they are, um, not perfect because nobody wants to read about a perfect person because then that would just be boring and you'd be like oh look you've made the right decision yet again like you know that's true um it must be how you feel when you talk to me every day it's true i'm like oh look at <laughs> Alex. she's made the right decision yet again yes i'm always right obviously <laughs> um so and she's just a badass and i really like her and um I'm excited to see what comes next and yeah how about you so you only had one favorite character I mean I really like Nikdos too but I you know I'm trying to stop doing the the cop-outs where it's Mm. like Mm -hmm. I liked all of them because Nikdos and Nectus would also be up there in my favorites yeah that's right and Reaver and Jada. Like, see, it just it can just keep going on. You on. open the floodgates and then it's just mm-hmm. so. yeah. I feel yeah. So my favorite character was also Sira. Nice. Um good choice. I, <laughs> I really liked the personal growth and development that she had in this book. Um and I don't know. She's just awesome. Like yeah. she's so relatable in like her feelings of like self-doubt and self-worth, but then at the same time like she's so amazing because of like her need to save the world. Yeah. Um and obviously she's so freaking cool and <laughs> can like best a god in sword play etc and i sword play yes <laughs> i don't know what's happening sword play <sighs> it's it. fine it's fine <laughs> perfect um oh my goodness yes so i could probably keep talking more and more but i mean go for it i wouldn't say no let's just talk yeah. about also spend a whole however long we talk talking about Sira. <laughs> I feel like if we could fill up a, I mean we will be we shortly filling up a good chunk of time talking about her. Mm-hmm. This is true. So so I'll save the rest for later when we just talk about everything. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I don't know why, but every time we get past favorite character, I'm like do we do favorite part next or favorite quote next? And why can I never remember (laughs) which one it is? We record so, like, I should know this by now. That's okay. It's part. Okay. So I had, what was your favorite part? I had a lot of favorite parts, but I picked just two of them. Um, As always in these books, these books, the, the other series in the world, whatever, it's always the banter I'm just it's so good and like the friendship building and the relationship building not just like romantic relationships but just 
the relationships in general is just so um compelling and I'm like I wish I had such witty banter with my friends and I do no (laughs) (laughs) um so but that's a cap out really because you could say that's pretty much the whole book so I picked two different parts that were my favorite the first being um when she joins Nikdos for training and she sort of just storms out and like the flirting and the demands and the training and like he was into it and she was into it and I was into it like it was just oh chef's kiss it was perfect I know it was so great the humor in that was fabulous in that scene everybody was watching them everybody was cracking up like it was just oh it was I loved it Mm -hmm. um and then my second favorite part was um them playing in the pool together and splashing each other and like having like it was just such a especially for neat dose it was such a great point of the story to see him sort of just get to be himself and not have to be the primal of death and he didn't have Mm -hmm. to be Nikdos or even just the Nikdos that he is around even his guards is a very different Nikdos than he can be just around Sira and so that made me just like all warm and fuzzy inside and like he's like did you just splash me and she's like yeah and I'll do it again and then you know then it was just so cute and it was <laughs> and it reminded me of one of my favorite parts in the first book which was them in the lake together although there was not any splashing at that point but you know like it just brought me back to water I don't know what I was <laughs> it brought me back to water um but yeah so aside from the banter which could have been the whole thing um those are my favorite parts mm-hmm. yeah those were two very great parts I would, thank yeah, you I would for bringing them up you're so um ugh, I liked a lot of the book so this was hard for me but I <laughs> I still think that just like being with the babies is oh just it's so, so good lovely and yes. I feel like just recently I have been so um I don't know just like hyper aware of yes, how... baby fever yes yeah okay. I do I really do and so apparently that also translates into the books I read and uh translates to Draken as well as humans I mean how could it not though (laughs) like when Jade I know that they generally call her Jadis in this book but when Jade like kissed her on the forehead before she laughed and she said night night and Nectis was like oh that's how she says goodbye yeah I think my my favorite of the scenes with them is when Nectis is like yeah no one's been able to ever get her to eat from a fork right and then sierra was just like "Hmm, okay let me try and she does it and nectus is like what what sorcery is this in fact i think he says oh shit (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah Yeah. it's i just love it because one i love the relationship between nectus and sierra 
and you get part of that in that scene mm-hmm. i love the babies um and also it just demonstrates like how special sira is um one in terms of like how she values her relationships with everyone around her but then also like of course she's the one who's going to get jade to actually eat food off of a fork yes you know love it oh my god you're so cute i want a little baby dragon 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 Drake. i don't know i don't know dracar noir what um yeah i agree how many favorite quotes did you have um only two mostly because i i i mean i have a good amount of notes don't get me wrong but i feel like i was just like tearing through this (laughs) that was me too yeah i had a really hard time stopping to write anything down so that i only have one quote that's okay and i probably need to go back and reread this book honestly (laughs) oh darn um okay so my first oh ironically my first quote happened during your favorite part where she was feeding jade oh Um, look at us and sira and nectis are talking to each other about what she had like what she had planned that she doesn't really feel like her life is worth some of the other issues like you know um and she says something to him along the lines of like that's the price that I'm willing to pay or whatever Uh, or the price doesn't matter or something like that um and he says to her the price should always matter when it comes at the cost of a life and um I just thought that that was very apt and um it seems like it would be surprising from (laughs) a a dragon (laughs) right like um and someone who's as old as he is right like he is just unfathomable you want to try that again unfathomably is that even a word it is now because i said it (laughs) i don't know i don't know if it is um but like it just and it's true you know like I mean, I say this never having to actually have been in this situation, that sometimes it is still the price, right? But it should still matter what, you know, it should still be a consideration of whatever is happening. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's definitely something that we've talked about countless times on this podcast, because we read fantasy books, which usually means there is killing and war and battles. Mm -hmm um but also that's like what our day-to-day life is too so yeah, you know. totally uh <laughs> right but like the the question of um like the means versus right like, the end does, result does the uh, end justify the means yeah. right like one thank you i couldn't remember <laughs> this <laughs> um right like is one life worth more than a handful of other lives because of a specific situation or even or... like the, that it's like that trolley problem right like mm-hmm. you're on a trolley trolley 
have I ever spoken before in my life? Apparently we're both having issues with that today. <laughs> um, and if you let it just continue going, it'll kill five people or you can pull the lever mm-hmm. and kill one person. And it's like the passivity versus the. Right. Cause like, you can be like, well, I didn't really kill them. Cause I was just on the trolley, but it's like, but I could have, you know, if I, you know, it, and of course, logically it's like, yeah, pull the lever, kill the one person, but like, you're not actually on the trolley and like having to pull that lever is unfathomably. <laughs> I, I don't know why I thought I was, I could make that word work this time. Um, it's so difficult, you know? So yeah, we actually talked about that example in my business ethics class last year. Yeah. Which was a terrible class. All of us complained about it endlessly because we were all so excited about it. Like going into this class thinking like, right, we're going to school to become like business leaders yeah. in whatever our respective fields. And so like, this is something that's really important, like right. in how we make decisions in how we you know, choose which organizations we feel like we can be a part of. And then as part of those organizations, how do you make decisions, especially when it's something that's ethically involved. And then the fact that so many more people are holding companies accountable so much more. Um, But yeah, no, that class wasn't about that at all. Mm -hmm. It was about like ethical theory, which was very black and white and did not actually like it was very hard to apply it and it yeah it wasn't great they used that example and yeah I don't know why I really brought this up because it (laughs) the example like it didn't basically there were like multiple different ethical theories and so we applied like each one which gave us a different answer of which action would be the ethical action to take of like whether you pull the lever or not um yeah but it was not great because the outcome is terrible either way so you're like wait a minute why are we discussing this in class when I just feel like everything we're saying is terrible yeah anyways I just got us really off track that's okay I was rambling for a very long time and probably could have cut down what I was saying into about two seconds but I I think it'll be okay (laughs) so back to your quote quote. number two um so it's really funny because my first quote was on page like 120 and then my second quote is on page 575 like that just shows you how like I was like nope sorry (laughs) (laughs) um okay and so my next quote is uh love makes anything possible makes anyone capable of the unexpected Mm. um and Delphi says that to Sira and Nyctos Nyctos we'll talk about that in a second (laughs) (laughs) um when they're discussing like love is a weakness and like what the options are about getting these embers out of Sierra and 
all of that. And what I really like about how it's phrased in this particular instance is that sure it has like the positive connotations, right? Like love can make is more powerful than anything. And it's fantastic, which I believe is true. I think, you know, love is the the center of the universe or, and all of that. But I, I like that this phrasing also lends itself to how love can be a det- detrimental force as well. Because if you're doing something in the name of love or because you think you love someone or because you think love should be a certain way, Mm-hmm. then that can sometimes be super damaging and destroy lives, families, countries. That's yeah, that's really true. But now all I have stuck in my head is stop in the name of love. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why is that what why is that what popped into your head? Because it like relates to the quote of I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I really have no reasoning. Perfect. I love it. What was about um like being in love and there are a ton of songs that include that concepts and words so I don't really know why that one (laughs) you know it's perfect I love it it's wow yeah this podcast is not not great so far I think it's fantastic what are you talking about oh what are we gonna do fire ourselves this is true (laughs) so oh look at your new candle I know it's the paper white. It's so great. It's so great. <laughs> um, <Ooh. okay. laughs> so um, my favorite quote, and I guess, I don't know. I highlighted another small section because I really liked it, but I don't know that it was like for quote purposes versus it just being like something that I really related to. But for this quote, um, it is about fate and like the concept of fate. Um, Since obviously that is like a big thing in these books, um, right? Like her fate, like what she was born to do. And then like that there are fates and, um, I I tend to have a really hard time with the concept of fate. Sure. Like that you're fated to do certain things and that like your life is already like preordained by some like greater being. Um, I don't think that that's how I think of fate. I don't know. I guess, yeah. Maybe my view of fate. No, is... I think your view of fate is super common. I'm just commenting that. I don't know yeah. how I think of it. Yeah, because um, for me, that's just like, well, but what about like all my choices and everything? So this quote actually is like basically that and allowed me to think about fate in a different way. Um, And 
Nectus is speaking to that, that wise old dragon. I know. <laughs> so he's speaking to Sira and he says, None of your choices are preordained. Fate is not absolute. Fate is only a series of possibilities. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can be much more okay with fate if that's what fate is. Yeah. Um, because otherwise I feel like it's just taking like your free will and your ability to be who you are away from you. But then also it kind of, I don't know when I was really, um, sick before and like was just in so much pain and feeling terrible and had to move back home and everyone always says like oh well you go through hard things to like come out better on the other side and that like going through that got to got you to where you are now which like you went through this for a reason kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, that's just like utter bullshit. <laughs> like I'm so miserable. Don't try to say this crap to me to like yeah. make me feel better. And then I got to the point where it was um, a little bit more of like, I mean, okay. That actually gives me a little bit of hope. Like, and I think part of that was I was already starting to see how, like, the way I was feeling and thinking was shifting a little bit because I had at that point, like, um, been sick for such a long time that it was starting to make me a better person, like, having dealt with everything. And I could see that change in myself already. And so it was like, oh, okay. Like, maybe... Like, there is, like, a larger reason, like, it's preordained, like, whatever. God put me on this path so that I could come out on the other side better. You know, whatever all those things that that people say and believe, I was starting to become, like, a little bit more on board with that. And then, I don't know when, it just, like, hit me. And I feel like I remember telling you about this. For some reason, I have a vivid memory that I was driving down Main Street in Racine, talking to you on the phone, um, that, like, I had just had this realization that, like, life just sucks and is shitty for certain people for absolutely no reason. Yeah. And, like, it's almost belittling and like setting aside like oh yeah you went all through all of that like terribleness to get to where you are today it almost just like I don't know it doesn't yeah it is a little belittling because I'm like well so you're saying everything that I went through that was terrible was only so I could get here you're basically like not acknowledging everything that I went through and how terrible it was Mm. and um just that like terrible stuff happens to not just terrible people unfortunately 
and, and it feels like hardly ever to terrible people right and um we don't have to name names but, hmm. we, but we both know who I'm thinking about yeah so <laughs> I think that's also why <laughs> like I've struggled with the concept of fate yeah because when I think of that I'm like seriously I was fated to be sick for the majority of my 20s and like I again that was hard but looking at it this way of none of your choices are preordained fat fate is not absolute fate is only a series of possibilities Mm -hmm. that I can see a little bit more yeah and that makes a little bit more sense to me in terms of thinking about how like the universe works that's a little bit how I've always sort of thought of, of fate um is not that it's so set in stone or or that or I think more for me it's always been that it's like ever changing right so it 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 reacts to every choice that you make right so it's kind of a a swirling mass of (laughs) who the fuck knows you know um and that maybe some big milestones were were faded um I think is sort of how I used to think um I don't know that I think that so much anymore but um yeah it's just why would I want to think about not being in control of my own life you know exactly yeah so So actually um the second section that I highlighted um which is still in the same chapter so it's still along the same veins uh which is like exactly what we're speaking about here and this is um Sarah thinking this I felt some relief in hearing that knowing that the decisions made whether good or bad were choices actively made and not a result of haplessly following a set of events already decided mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. yeah and I think that's also why I struggle sometimes with um the way that some people talk about certain aspects of Christianity mm-hmm. um and not that they maybe even think about it in the way that I do but just the wording of like god knows all and like I'm putting my putting myself in his hands and he so he can do like what he chooses um to like help me through this or whatever yeah um they're giving up their choice yeah and I'm like I'm sorry but like that's you're just then making yourself like you're taking responsible away the responsibility for any of your yeah like yeah. you're no longer culpable for any of your actions I'm like right. well what I'm sorry what yeah no, <laughs> and I know exactly. and I know that that's my interpretation and I don't know that that's how people actually view that like that 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 they are giving themselves up to God but that doesn't actually there isn't than like free will being taken away I think I think I it really depends on the person right I think there are probably certainly people who are like every decision I make is God's choice 
So I'm not to blame for anything. I think there are certainly people who think that way, but I think there's also certainly people who have that mentality that probably don't or have the mentality of giving themselves up to God, um, but maybe don't consider it them giving up their own decision making, but that, that maybe that's like their love of God or their faith in God that guides their decision. So they're still making the decisions, but they're making them with God in mind. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that does. Coming from a not particularly gaudy person. <laughs> Although that's how you're saying that. Not not particularly gaudy person. Um, although if the gods yeah. were more like these gods, I would maybe be more inclined to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, okay. <laughs> So got Let's super sidetracked. It's yeah. okay. I love it. Let's talk about this book. I'm so excited. I do, however, we need to have another moment like we did at the beginning of our A War of Two Queens episode where we talk about this pronunciation guide <laughs> because dear Jennifer, I adore your books. I do. They're fantastic. But I'm not positive that you know how English works. <laughs> <laughs> and also, why would you not use, there's already a system in place to tell you how to pronounce words. It's in every dictionary in the English language. I guess I don't really know about other languages, but... There is already a pre, was it preordained? There's already a predetermined <laughs> list of how you tell people to pronounce words. I know. I don't actually remember how to use that. I don't so... either, but I know that there is one. Yes. <laughs> now, on the plus side, I do appreciate. Okay, so like we talked about this in the War of Two Queens episode. That was four books into that series when she finally put out pronunciation guide I do appreciate that this was book two so it's earlier however these don't um not all of these make sense um we're gonna start with lovely aos is how I've been pronouncing it a-i-o-s she pronounces, she puts it in her pronunciation guide, A-U-H-U-S. A-U-S. A-U-S. A, like, I think, I think it's supposed to be A-O-S or A-U-S, but like the way that it's split up is not making sense to my brain. <laughs> um... Let's see. What was the other one that threw me for a loop? Oh, yeah, there were definitely multiple. So, um, um, it was uh, some of the things. Yes. Okay. So like, 
the A-R-A-E is airy. Okay, makes sense. That's fine. The D-A-K-K-A-I, right? I would say Dakai, right? Or Dakai. Nope, it's Diaki. <laughs> and I was like, no! <laughs> Yeah. The other, the other one that got me was G R A E C A. I was calling it Greca or Greca. Nope. Gracie. It doesn't even end with a letter that makes an E sound. <laughs> also, I'm still really sad that L-I-E-S-S-A is Lisa and not Liesa, which is what I thought it was. Yeah, no, I still pronounce it Liesa. Yeah, like that one's probably not going to change. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, and I know people <laughs> pronounce Nikdos's name like more like Nick, like Nikdos, but I still say Nikdos and I don't know why. <laughs> I do too. I think it's because it's a Y, you know, like it's just here um what are you hearing my computer no my it seems like everything is getting it seems like everything is getting darker that sounded much more oh. dramatic than i remember <laughs> it to sound well i mean it is starting to the sun is setting no i know but it seems just like it's I don't know. It's fine. No, I know. I, I've noticed that too on your end and I don't okay. know why. So you're going to make me feel crazy and then you're going to be like, but I've also, I've noticed that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Got it. Also, I don't know what to do about the sound of my computer overheating because it does that all the time. I can't um, hear anything. Oh, perfect. Okay. Never mind. Can you hear mine fan going? No. Your fan? Great. Awesome. Just pretend we even said that nothing's happening that has been the it portion of our <laughs> of our podcast <laughs> where you can tell that we need our own um tech assistance whenever yeah. possible okay so um i feel like i mentioned this maybe when we were talking about book two of the other series um I like that she's she draws a lot of her like naming or <clears throat> appears I guess I don't know for sure but it appears that she draws a lot of her naming um inspiration from ancient cultures right so like in the other books the the city of debt of the dead that they come across where everybody was killed is called Pompeii sure it's spelled differently but it's Pompeii um and there was something else from the other series um but the i saw atlanteans oh yeah from the atlanteans the hidden city they're not yeah. underwater but mm-hmm. atlantis is in theory in our world um but i liked seeing that sort of roll over into this series as well so we've got um um at at I don't remember how she told me to tell say his name I was saying Addie's but I don't think that's how she put it in here 
Oh, the God of War. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ate's is how she's yeah. saying Ate's. So, but it's, I was saying it Ate's because it's like Ares, right? And he's the Greek God of War. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the one that I thought was peak, like, way to go was Delphi. So do you know this one? No. Okay, so in ancient Greek mythology, um, there was an oracle on an island called Delphi in Greece, and it was D-E-L-P-H-I, Delphi, and Apollo was the god of divination and the sun and healing. Oh, a few different things, but... It was his oracle that lived there and people would travel to her and, you know, have oracles given to them. I don't know what the the noun of that is. Yeah, that's a very good thought that I have no answer to. Be oracleized? That sounds dirty. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought it was really sneaky for her to name a god of divination Delphi. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look at you, girl, you're sneaky. And I, thought that I was liked really it a lot. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea about that at all. Um, I feel like there was one more, but I don't remember what it was, so that's fine. Okay, well, so if you're done talking about naming, I would like to tell you about my experience starting this book. I would like to tell you <laughs> I would love to hear your experience starting this book. Good. <laughs> I'm glad because I'm going to tell you even if you didn't. Perfect. Um, yeah. So I um, had not read A Shadow in the Ember um, since, we read since before I read A War of Two Queens. Like right. I haven't read it since then. So the last book in this world I read was A War of Two Queens. And I was thinking before I read this book, you know, that I should probably reread A Shadow in the Ember Mm -hmm. because, right, I have a terrible memory, yada, yada. And, like, what I was remembering from A War of Two Queens, and I don't know why this was stuck in my head, was just that, like, Reaver was such an awkward adult dragon and that I was excited to see like if I could understand based on what was happening in a F- light in the flame, right? Like how he went from this cute, adorable, like kind of serious, but still like adorable and normal-ish, like child to like such an awkward. But um, he's like, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Continue. Yeah. So, anyways, that's where I was, like right. where my headspace was. I opened the book figuratively because it was on my kindle so i you know turned the pages i opened my kindle (laughs) and i started that first page and i was like what the fuck is going on (laughs) are you okay (laughs) that was the wrong time for me to take a sip yes it really was because i was like oh no we're starting off right where we stopped I don't remember all of the details. Uh, right. Like, I just remember that Holland was a fate and they were talking about some really, like, life-altering shit, but I didn't remember all of the details. So I'm, like, reading the first chapter. Like, I'm so confused. 
confused. I know I need to know what's going on and I really don't. Like, so one, I hadn't reread that book. Two, my memory sucks. Three, I still don't fully understand a lot of the world building of this world. It's like, so fucking confusing. There's so much that I just cannot wrap my head around. Like, especially with certain types of like species and beings and like how they're created. And uh, it's just, yeah. So mix all of that together uh-huh. and picture me trying to read the first couple of chapters of this book. And that's where I was for a while. And at first, I think I was like two chapters in and I was like, hmm, like, should I stop? Realistically, should I stop and like go back and read A Shadow right. in the Ember and then come back to this book? But we had been planning on recording this like in a few days. Right. So I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know that I have the time to commit to that. So I'm just going to keep reading. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure there are multiple things in this book that I haven't actually grasped. Um, I'm so excited to but, help you if I can. Yeah. And if I can't, then we can trudge our way through together. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But wait, speaking of Reaver. Mm-hmm. Was I the only one who thought he was Nectus's son? Um, I think I had assumed that in the beginning. Or, or was of... did I miss a point? Because they said it so nonchalantly in this book when she was like, "And what happened to Reaver's parents?" And I was like, "Why the hell are you asking him that?" Because he's sitting right there. So clearly, nothing happened to Reaver's dad. And he was like, "Oh, they were killed in a blah blah blah." And I was like, "They were what in a what?" Like, <laughs> I was so confused because I. So either I missed a part where they made it very clear that Reaver was not Nectus's son or they didn't make that clear. And then she was just like, oh, BTW. But I definitely thought, I think it was also, especially because like when we see Nectus in the, the, it's weird because they're the books that came out first but they take place after these books. Like he refers to Reaver so affectionately. He calls him Reaver butt. Like it's adorable. And then in these books, he of course takes on that father figure role and Reaver and Jade have such a sibling mm-hmm. like relationship. But I, I had a whole moment when I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like I thought Nectus was his dad. Like, yeah, I, that threw me a little bit too, okay. but I think I just took it more in stride than it seems like you did. I was like, I was, oh, I was huh. thrown. Okay. <laughs> I, what does my my whole note is like? Well, I don't even know where the note is. Did I even write the note down? I thought I did, but there's a very good chance that I was just like, what? And then I just kept going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that definitely threw me for sure but um oh yeah right here whoa wait what the fuck I thought Reaver was Nectus's son (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's it I don't know why but it did it Mm -hmm. I mean understandably so um but that little part where at the beginning where Jade was trying to get Reaver to play with her and then he jumped up on the tall thing and then she threw her little temper tantrum and then Nectus comes back in and he's like I left you alone for two minutes and Sierra was like that was not two minutes 
Yeah, there was a but lot. Also, like, of... what did he expect? He left basically a human alone with two dragons, and really no instruction about like how to help if things go south or. <laughs> and he was just like, "I'll be right back." I, I, this is how he walks. Apparently, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I. There was a lot of really great comedic points in this book. Okay, wait, I have a quick question for you, though. How do you picture his hair? Is it striped? Nectus is. Because it's, it's, she talks about how it's crimson, crimson and black. How have I pictured it? Because I've been picturing stripes, but I don't know if that's what I'm supposed to be picturing or not. I've been picturing more of like individual strands and not a red that's your red but more of like a like a primary color red yeah no like a so like, like a, all together like it's, a bright deep red yeah looks yeah. like a deeper because of the black then it's kind of like a deeper reddish i don't know blackish that didn't really <laughs> tell you anything <laughs> perfect i've been picturing i've been picturing like early 2000s like tiger stripe highlight oh like kelly clarkson like chunky highlights oh first of all she looked amazing she sure did because she had the she had all the colors she had the brown she had the red she had the blonde like she Mm -hmm. totally she rocked that yeah but yeah that's i did not i don't picture his hair like that and that is kind of a funny way to picture that (laughs) it's like I don't know it's the only way that my head could like wrap around it Hmm. am I looking up Nectis fan art yes to see how other people (laughs) but the only ones I've seen so far are this one's black and white that's not helpful Um, but yeah, like I just could not. And then when they saw his like cousin or distant relative that wasn't distant enough and he had the same hair, I was like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what the hair looks like. And now there's two of them. Like, why is this bothering you so much? That I, you need I think it's to because know. I just like to picture what they look like in my head. And if I can't like conjure that look, then I just... I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, that's fair. So this is the only one that I found that has color in it. Huh. And that's... I don't see black, though. Well, it's the... All of that is the black. Oh, it doesn't look black in my... Oh, well, okay. It It is. Oh, okay. Look closer. So it's like, oh, so it's a large chunks yeah very large chunks of hair okay that looks much cooler than the straight up stripes that I was (laughs) it looked weird in my head and I didn't like it because it didn't seem to fit with the necktis that I was reading okay yeah it's fine that's fair Um, yeah I did not picture his hair that way but I like that fan art yeah that was a good one Mm -hmm. a little jade on his shoulder yeah Okay. 
how do I get a drink in? Just asking for a friend, but the friend is me. Well, so first you have to attract a primal to you. Great. Who decides that you are awesome enough to be taken to what is the land where like the primals live? Elysium? No. No, that's where they go when they die. Yeah, what is the something? Yes. He's in because I know Shadowlands are like his Nikto specific, but like that. Right. Because the human realm is different than that's called. But anyways, they would have to take you back home with them. Do I have to be planning to kill them or can I skip that part? Well, I would think if you would want to be able to take one of their draken that you would have to be friendly to everyone and not plan on killing anyone. Hold on. Wait, I'm not kidnapping the draken. I just, I'll stay with, fine. I'll stay with the draken. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, yeah, that's obviously how that works. So if you want to get on that tomorrow, let me know how that journey goes. Perfect. I sure will. Great. Oh, funny. Okay. Yeah. Also, I love, like, love, love, love the fact that their eyes are not supposed to be red and that they are naturally have blue eyes. Well, they have the eyes that, that like Kieran and all the wolves have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's because Colas, like, fucking Colas corrupted everything because that's not like the how the world is supposed to be or whatever so when nectus's eyes went i know i literally was so excited by that Mm -hmm. and and i don't know why or when reaver protected her and then his eyes were blue when he woke up (laughs) i know i don't know why that makes me just like so incredibly happy but i think the red eyes I've been struggling with, especially in their human forms. Yeah. That I, for some reason, I'm still like, whenever they give the description and then they say the red eyes, I do a little like mini, like, <laughs> what was it? I didn't, I missed it. Mini little. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why. I guess maybe it's because like pop culture has told us that red and red eyes i guess i've 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 also not been picturing it as like a bright red but more of a like deep right because like when they say when she talks about it i think she uses the word crimson right which is like a deep red it's not like fire hydrant red it's like blood it's like wine not quite as purple as like a merlot color but like it's not okay yeah no i was picturing like bright red. bright like glow in the dark red eyes uh yeah that would be that'd be super fucking creepy <laughs> so then when i find out that they're supposed to be like that amazing light blue i was like, like oh thank god blue? like i love these characters so much more now yeah but that's crazy because our reverse eyes red 
I think all of the dragon's eyes are red. It's weird. I could have sworn that they talked about, but maybe it was in A War of Two Queens, which is obviously later. Oh my God. As a quick side note, it, excuse me, it was so (laughs) funny to me reading this book because I've also, I was reading it a little bit after you, obviously, but then also after our friend Jess had read it. And, but I also at one point was reading it sort of alongside her and then she finished before I did. And she was like, I'm just so anxious. I'm just so anxious. And I was like, I mean, remember a lot of bad shit can happen, but we know that our favorites at least are going to be alive because they show up in this post series, right? And she's like, okay, yeah, that helps. That helps. And I'm like, right, there you go. And then I got into the more intense part of this book and I was like, oh my God, I'm so anxious. Oh, that's definitely one of those instances where like practicing what you preach just does not work. (laughs) It flew out the window. Like I got to the part. Oh my God. Like I got to the part at the end, right. Where like, she's like making him promise to like take her back to her lake and like kill her there. And like, I'm sobbing despite the fact that I know she's not dead because she shows up however many years later, but in my head, I couldn't get there. So I was just like, <laughs> like, I feel you. I feel you on that. And then I finished the book and I was like, oh my God, Ellen, you are hilarious. And how dare you have... <laughs> And like, logically, I do get that. And I, logically, I totally understand it. But when you're in the middle of the story and all this shit is going down, like, it's so hard to remember that they will, in fact, be fine. And, well, relative, I mean, they'll be alive. I guess we don't, (laughs) we don't know what shit is going to happen between now and then, but at the very least, they will be alive and together, right? Except for Jade. We know something's wrong with her. I know. I really want to know what's happening with that. But now I really want to go back and see what color their eyes are. I know, right? In the other books. So we'll have to do that after this podcast. What? Nothing. You're just oh, you were just smirking over there. I would never smirk. No, you never make fun of me or anything. <laughs> That doesn't happen at all. Um, Yeah, so my first notes for reading this book, I literally did not know what was happening, like I said before. Yeah. Like, wait a minute, she lived multiple lives? What what was Colas's obsession? Okay. She sealed her fate by drinking one drop of his blood? What? Like, I remembered that that happened, but I didn't remember why that changed her fate. Yeah. Why having that blood. And I still don't remember, actually. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Nor could I remember the truth about the rot. Um, But those were just, like, some of the things that were happening in the first couple chapters for me. I remember. like, I don't understand. cracking me up it's funny because there were certainly moments where i was like why the hell is that 
Right. Okay. Like there were certainly moments because like you, I don't fully know that I fully, and I think understand these worlds. And I think part of the issue is, is that especially in the From Blood and Ash books, like we've talked about this, right? Like it's, um, you're getting so many different sides to the stories and you don't know which ones are true and you don't know and then you even find out that the ones that you think are true are maybe even only partially true or um they've got the general concept but it's not quite right and so like it um and then in this world it's it feels like slowly we're finally getting some of the real answers right like colas made the first um revenants and then like some of his mistakes are what started the craven and like these things like but we also don't know exactly the timeline between this series and then the next one so it's hard to know if anything changes in between all of that or like what yeah. the hell is happening <laughs> yeah also can we rewind for a second and can you remind me about how his mistakes created the craven yeah so it's when they're talking tis on page 13 please don't ask me what that accent was i don't really know where it came from and it's still they're still talking to um she's talking to holland sierra's talking to holland and he's talking about balance right and he's like the balance here demands that the life taken is then restored to serve as a reminder to the gods that their inability to control themselves has consequences and maintaining balance isn't always as simple to understand as it is when say the primal of life restores a mortal's life right because they're talking about how she ascended bell and um she um oh that was so sad when she found out that when she saved a life another life had to be taken no yeah and that's like so detrimental especially to her because she thinks she's a monster right um so okay so he he being colas right um she's like he hasn't responded to what i did to bell and then we find out that he fucking has but we can talk about that later um and fucking prophecies oh my god and shit i literally we got to the prophecies at the end again and i was like for fuck's sake i'm like not another prophecy or the same prophecy i don't even care right i think Parts of it were the same, but parts of it were new. And yeah, I and just some of it t- and some of it ties into the from Blood and Ash. Pro- like it's, I was like, N- yeah, I'm so bad at prophecies. But then also, how insane is it that Colas was like, I am going to wait, but then also make sure that she fulfills parts of this prophecy right. so that they happen. Like I force her to kill a dragon so that she brings him back because that yeah. is part of this prophecy. And I'm like, that's almost like kind of like my fate thing of yeah. like, this is how it's going to happen. So and I'm like, I, oh, 
right and I think I think part of it is is sort of that the fate is supposed to be a little bit more up in the air but he made sure that it wasn't up in like right like he made sure that fate followed um my dog is huffing at the bottom of the door (laughs) he's like what's going on in there why can't I go little pip wants to podcast yeah he would be very distracting Mm -hmm. um but they're so they're talking about um how nick uh colas sent the diakis because that's apparently how you pronounce it oh (laughs) yeah i don't even know that i actually pronounced them versus just like skipped over the the, word things yes and um they're talking about how how he's changing the chosen right that he's like he's now whining at the bottom of the door oh um and how he is changing the chosen into revenants and then um So um, Holland says, I know what he ca- what he calls revenants are not the only mockery of life he's managed to create. Holland's dark gaze locked on Nikdos, Nikdos. And you've already seen what he's had a hand in creating and what some of the gods of his court have been doing in the mortal realm. And Nikdos's brows pinched together. And then he looked at me. I'm reading the word, not i mean he could look at me if he wants to Uh, (laughs) and he says your seamstress and it took me a minute to realize he meant my mother's seamstress andrea jonas she's related to the jonas brothers obviously (laughs) she she loves the jonas brothers she had come back to life with something and then for you baby sorry i i don't i just had to and then she talks about how she came back to life she had fangs blah 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 and then mm-hmm. Holland is like, oh, and he says a word in a language that she doesn't understand. And then Nikto says, oh, Craven. And oh, yeah. And then that's, and then that's that. when the act of killing a mortal while feeding has been forbidden since the dawn of time. And, and Holland is like, yes, that's why the outcome is this way, because the balance here demands a life for a life. And wait, can you repeat that again? That you can't kill a mortal while you're feeding from them is that what right like that's what's forbidden and that's how the craven were created because they were killed while they were feeding the gods were feeding and that was forbidden but we know in the other series that craven can also create more craven too right but they might not know that yet or that's something that changes see that's the thing right is like we don't like we're learning more mm-hmm. however we don't know if they just don't know how that goes or if something will happen in say the next book of this series that will cause mm-hmm. i don't know what <laughs> word i'm trying to cause uh, that chain reaction there we go okay I knew my charades would get there eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So, okay. 
do you want to take a guess at why I wrote Dear Nikdos, that was dumb as fuck? Um, Let me get my book because yet yeah. again, my notes weren't helpful. I do you have any idea where in the book that page is? 17 page 17 so it's still early oh it's where um Sierra finds out that he had his cardia removed oh oh yeah. that makes me so sad it makes me sad for both of them right? yeah like and it's it, it also makes me angry at him because of course that's going to come back and bite you in the ass you dumbass. but like you deserve to be able to love somebody like mm-hmm. kind of like that quote right love sure love can be a weakness but like it can also be a strength you know like mm-hmm. okay but also <clears throat> This whole time, I'm like, okay, so he had his cardia removed. Can he not have it put, put back? Yeah, I thought that too. Like, I definitely was questioning that multiple times. Like, so many times. I was like, can this, like, can this all have been prevented if he just called up? I don't remember which God helped him take it out, but whichever of the gods helped him take it out and be like hey you know i've decided let's let's uh put it back in here apparently that is either not possible or hasn't happened yet right but you would think that that would be the go to over all of the other shit that happened in this book right like I just oh you mean so that he can save her because if he gets that back then he can love her and because it's so clear that he loves her as much as he can without his cardia and oh, I didn't even think about that yeah like, that's a way to save her yeah so oh, fucking fast oh my god wait what yeah that that's I was so mad throughout most of this book because nobody was mentioning if that was an option. And I was like, it feels like since no one has said it's not an option, like nobody was like his cardia was removed and it can never be put back or whatever. And it's very clear that he loves her as much as he possibly can, right? And I'm like- this would be so simple if you were just like, oh, here, let me get my little cardia box. I don't know where it is. <laughs> you know, that's the other thing, right? Is like, certainly there, it might be dead. Like maybe it, like once it's removed, it can't be put back. Maybe when they took it out, he was like, see ya, cardia. And like threw it away. And like, but yeah, the whole time I'm like, is this an option? <laughs> And if it is, go fucking get it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was definitely struggling with 
the lack of options and then how they kept like pushing things off like even by a day or two or like it'll be fine like we have time and I'm like well but so she many times sleeping a lot and like you keep mentioning that she's way like further into the calling than you thought, you thought. Exactly. you've mentioned that multiple times and yet you're still not like we need to do this like now yes that drove me crazy but then if I had known that that was a potential option man I would have been I don't know that must have been like really frustrating reading the book thinking it that it was I was like why is this not an option like why is no one even just discussing this mm-hmm. oh now I'm very intrigued I want to know if that will come let me up. tell you if they present this as a fucking option in the third book and if it's like Nectus and he was like being all sneaky I'm gonna be like but not really because he's not a real person. Um, also, if he was a real person, he can turn into a dragon and he would just eat me. Um, mm-hmm. But this is true. It makes me want, like, right? If he just, like, kind of like some of the things that, like, Reaver said in A War of Two Queens when he would just, like, be passing by and he would say it, like, oh, you should just do this. And it, like, solved their problems. And they were right. like, what? And he was like, I thought you just knew. If like Nectis does some shit like that, I'm going to scream. Like, <laughs> oh my God, that drove me crazy. And I mean, it was book. hilarious about that. It was, I mean, it was hilarious every time it happened. But like, yes, like if Nectis pulls some shit like that, I'm going to keep reading because I'm invested, but I'll have some feelings about it, which I know is <laughs> weird. Me, feelings. You no. having feelings? huh that doesn't seem right (laughs) oh my gosh okay um so oh quick side note i looked it up this is why i was confused so in from blood and ash when we meet reaver he has blue eyes then oh and then I didn't remember if they had mentioned what color his eyes were in the first book in the series. And then I don't know if they mentioned his eyes so much because they often refer to like his hair, right? So like I didn't remember if it was so. Yeah, I just remember all of the dragon having red eyes. Yeah. Like good. in that being like they'll describe them walking up and then it's the red eyes. And every time I'm like, oh. <laughs> That and I don't remember all of that because I didn't picture them as creepy and glowing as you did. So yes, <laughs> fair, very, yeah. very fair. Um, so I don't. Was this something that you noticed like multiple times in this book? It mentioned like these moods that she had, um, like her mood swings. Yeah, yeah, and I was almost wondering, like, oh, like does she have bipolar and is that something that could be part of like a book and actually having mental health like included in one of your main characters and just having it be a thing but I don't think that's actually what it was right because do you remember the multiple times where people told her that her extreme reactions were part of the calling the calling yeah yeah 
but like the first oh the first few times it happened two times um that's what I had been thinking so yeah that would be crazy right actually speaking of that it's um speaking of that I do want to note because I know you didn't read it in the author's note you know me so well (laughs) right Jennifer wrote something that I think is very important um about mental health and so this is the great point to look at it and so she wrote Sira is a creation of my imagination but her thoughts her feelings and her actions regarding what she admitted at the pools of Divinash are something very real these are complicated emotions and actions I've experienced myself because of this I know they may strike a certain chord in readers not all of us have a sage ancient dream dragon letting us know that they're there for us when we need someone but if you've had the same thoughts as Sira as I have there are people waiting for you when you're ready to talk and here are some resources that are available all day every day and then she lists the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline um, and then um, the telephone number the email address and then also the phone number for the deaf or hard of hearing which I thought was very um, fantastic as well Um, wow that's Wow, that's big of right. her to admit that. I think it's, I mean, I think it's something, I think for the sake of everybody, but especially the people who have had those thoughts or have had, um, who've attempted things that they have lived through, um, I think it's important to talk about, right? Like, um, to because I feel like, um as someone with depression but thankfully I've never had thoughts like that um but but the big thing about depression is that it makes you feel so alone and it makes you feel like no one else could possibly be going through what you're going through and so especially for people who have had those thoughts or who have had um unsuccessful I hate saying unsuccessful attempts because that makes it sound like they failed and like technically yes they did like thank goodness they did exactly right so it's I hate saying unsuccessful attempts who have have made attempts and have lived through them is generally how I try to say it um it's important for them to know that they're not alone that there are people who have had those thoughts and who have thankfully made well hopefully made it to the uh, fully to the other side but at least have made it through that point in time and for there to be lifelines like the national suicide prevention lifeline or support groups or so on and so forth like Mm -hmm. just in general mental health should be talked about more than it possibly is which is why your thing reminded me of that Mm -hmm. um but yeah, that was a big thing, right? When she made that, when she was, and it was, it's interesting because whenever that must've happened in the first book where she talked about it or maybe she drank it. I don't even remember, but like, I had a thought where I was like, oh, I wonder if she like had tried to kill herself. Cause she just didn't, she thought she had already failed and her mother is the worst and her stepbrother is also the worst and mm-hmm. her stepfather is no help you know like I just like I had had that thought and then I sort of brushed it off because she brushed it off right which is so easy to do right mm-hmm. um but 
I thought that was very powerful to have. And it would be the main character, right? Like not it have for have and not for it to have been just like not that side characters. I mean, they are, they're less important because they're side characters, but they're not less important because they're people, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) But like to have this be something that the main character in the book had struggled with. um, I just thought it was very powerful that she had included that in there. Yeah. I'm trying to remember because when I read that, um definitely made me sad obviously but it felt like deja vu because there was definitely another book that a character that we've read together or that you've read on yourself so I I I don't know why but I felt like there had been another character in a different series that had similarly like in a very similar way and how it was written like and how she said that she had like attempted to take her own life yeah um because she didn't say it like as blatantly as i said it right like the way that it was like written in this book yeah very much so felt like another book that i had read but like i cannot Mm -hmm. for the life of me remember what it is well i'll start thinking about it too and see if i can yeah um, but either way it was very powerful really um I wonder if it was I feel like if it would have been any of the books that we've read Girls of Paper and Fire feels like maybe yeah maybe um but it is such a huge emotional punch yeah when you see something like that um but again it is important that we start talking more openly about a lot of the issues in our society which includes mental health yeah Mm -hmm. because because a lot of people have mental health problems Mm -hmm. but not a lot of people talk about it and so let's start listing our mental health problems (laughs) (laughs) i have depression adhd anxiety sorry generalized anxiety disorder (laughs) i always find that name really funny though too generalized anxiety disorder just like i did not know that that's what the like um what is the word I'm looking for the diagnosis yeah it just makes me laugh because it's like it gives you the it's funny because it gives you the idea that like everything gives you anxiety and as to someone who didn't realize that what I was feeling was anxiety like I'm like yeah everything does give me anxiety (laughs) now that I know that that's what I'm looking at I'm like, oh, (laughs) yeah, I kind of just thought everybody was like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, if we're listing, I also experience depression and anxiety. Wow. I know. Crazy. Seasonal affective disorder. Mm -hmm. 
am I the only one who thinks that it's hilarious that the acronym spells sad? <laughs> I it makes me laugh almost every time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes, that's how I feel when it's dark all the time is sad. <laughs> how funny. Um, okay. Back to the book. Yeah. Wait, poppies, Victor. Okay. You know, do you think I'm ever going to start writing notes that are more helpful? Like, at least I started writing the, because I remember when we first started doing this, I would just write these unhelpful notes and then just leave it. At least now I put the page number because like. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh, they're putting the charm on her. Oh, so the guy who's putting the charm on her and um, he's sort of explaining it to her mm-hmm. and he's like, um, she says, thank you for doing this ward. And he goes, Cause he's warding her. Well, no. And he goes, ward is actually my surname. And he goes, Victor is my name. And I was like, like Poppy's Victor right because like oh right and that's how you find out that like he might not be her victor because they like live multiple there are like multiple victors this guy was the original victor right but it's spelled the exact same like Mm. so i must i'm i'm assuming that maybe the original one maybe keeps more i'm hoping that maybe the original one keeps more of his memories like oh right because like holland doesn't always remember all of his lives but like I'm hoping that because this one is like the original one that maybe he keeps I don't know um but I was like oh it's Poppy's Victor and Mm. that made me so happy yeah I guess I didn't think it was her Victor but that would be cool if it was I just assumed that it was because why would they have the same name spelled the same way in two different series that's fair and both be victors like lowercase mm. victors yeah that is very true on page 31 i don't know where this accent keeps coming from beats me this one okay this is really funny because this one co- probably could have been a favorite quote of mine um because she's talking to Nikdos, I think. Okay. And she he says, hate and love are not two sides of the same coin. One comes from the soul, the other from the mind. Hate is a product of atrocities committed against someone or is birthed from what they have done to themselves and their hellish entitlements. There couldn't be more two. Oh my god, I can't even read. There couldn't be two more different emotions. Oh, because she's talking about like how can't you love, but you can hate things mm, right mm-hmm. yeah I thought that was really powerful too yeah when I read that I do like that her response to that really deep thing though is oh okay then <laughs> <laughs> oh like oh same girl mm-hmm. oh but I thought that that was really interesting because so often I think that we as a society at least in America I guess I can't really say for other ones we we often think of hate and love as two sides of the same coin 
Mm-hmm. Um, and while I think there's definitely a mind aspect to love, right? Um, I think I agree, right? Like hate, or at least I like to hope that hate doesn't come from the heart, right? That it's a product of what you've been taught or the experiences you've had or, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I definitely like the idea of that. Yeah. When I read that, I, yeah, I was like, oh, this this makes a lot of sense to me. And I hope that it is more real than not. I think in terms of be. like how that works. Yeah. I don't really know. I have to read some like psychology books probably, but join us in two weeks when we read <laughs> Psych 101. <laughs> yeah. But it definitely makes sense to me. And I don't know. Makes me feel better about that. But then at the same time also makes me really sad because that just means that like there's so many people in the world who like have hate or experience hatred and they couldn't do anything about it because it was like a product of how they were raised or you know something else right like that because of life's circumstances like that just that part makes me really sad yeah I I guess I would say that I don't think that that's necessarily um like mutually exclusive like I I don't think there's nothing that you can do about it if that's Mm. just how you were raised I think as humans on this earth it's our job to question things and learn things and explore things. And um, I think there are certainly, of course, lessons to be learned from your grandparents and parents and aunts and uncles and so on and so forth. Um, But I think it's also our responsibility as humans to make sure that we're making our own decisions and certainly that might line up with what your parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles think but I think to just accept it as the way it is is not how we should live as humans and unfortunately I don't think many people have that not not even many people that all people have that same philosophy but we even have that mindset because of how we were raised Like for some people that might not even be on their radar of something that is even. Well, then they should listen to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'll set them right. (laughs) Just kidding. Yes. That's why you should listen to our podcast because we spew wisdom right and left. I like that spew was the word that you chose. (laughs) Yes, indeed it was. Um, so getting back to the book, did did you have this? What? Why are you laughing? So we, I feel like this is the fourth or fifth time that we've had to say. Because no, we've gotten so sidetracked. 
and gotten on extremely long tangents. Yes, that sounds about right. I don't know. I think they've been beautiful tangents. Oh, okay. Long um, but beautiful. <laughs> indeed. So I don't know if you had this thought, but when Sierra finds out that the that Nikdos and the guards are training and she decides to go outside and yeah. you know has that whole scene where she wants to participate and um, making her demands right and i was kind of confused because she fought beside them already right like there was a an attack on the shadowlands in a shadow in the ember right yeah so they've seen her maybe not all of them though like right but like some of them have and Nikdos has multiple times and he's been impressed with her multiple times yeah and yet he and like multiple of the godlings there were like basically like laughing at her like oh like I don't need to even protect myself like you're not like much of a threat and then she starts her sparring with Nikdos mm-hmm. and all of them are like whoa I've never seen her do this before and I'm like multiple multiple of you have multiple times so like I where I read that as a little bit of like male arrogance ah like okay. well of course she defeated those guys those are the bad guys they're not as well trained as we are like ah like, okay. Of course, she beat them. Those were just the diakies. Those are just the blah blah blahs. I forgot who else they fought <laughs> in the first one. But yeah, like, interesting. Like, I, I, guess just... I took it as like they didn't even remember or that she had been training. Maybe they all have group amnesia, <laughs> <laughs> right? That she'd been training her entire life and like. And they had even seen that in action. Um, No, I saw that as male arrogance, but then also like, not even just male arrogance, but like just the arrogance of, oh, she's just a mortal. Like Mm -hmm. she can be as good as a mortal can be, but we're still gods and we're still a primal, you know, like. Gotcha. Okay. That makes more sense. Right. (laughs) Than group amnesia. (laughs) I do like the idea of group amnesia though. Like maybe they all went out, you know, after the other battle when they won, they were like, let's go party. And then they drank too much. And then they all All had amnesia. (laughs) Um, So what I, I have, I mentioned this already, but I'm, I'm, and you've mentioned it too. I'm so in love with this um Sierra Nectus like relationship that's blooming mm-hmm. friendship family ship like um like it's um one I think it's she's finally sort of getting a father figure who's not going to oh. be a fuck up <laughs> right um and at least until she finds out that her dad was he didn't kill himself that he was forced to to kill himself um 
she thinks that, you know, she was abandoned by her real, you know, her biological dad and then her stepdad, while not as bad as Tavius or her mom was still not Mm -hmm. any sort of, um, so like, I think there's that sort of aspect of it and then just their friendship and then sort of the weird, um, cause it's funny because unlike with, um, Poppy and Kieran, where I always, was hoping for a more like romantic undertone um I I mean I wouldn't say no if that happened in this one too but like it's not what my hope is for them like my hope for them is just to make a weird little family unit you know like um but then like for her to be sort of the surrogate I don't know if surrogate mom is really the right word but like kind of mother figure stand in for Jade and and Reaver and um like how just quickly especially the kids but then I mean Nectis too like really quickly accepted her into their family and like even after all the the truth came out at the end of the last book like he was the first one to come to her and be like oh I get, I know why you did it like yeah you know um and I'm just so excited to see how they like build this weird little hodgepodge family yeah I really like especially now that I know that Reaver is not actually related to Nectus that makes the little hodgepodge family even better like yeah yeah that's very true um so speaking of nectus um did you have the same thought as i did but i'm assuming probably not because this is really my memory not maybe i did who knows you don't know um is when they're in the veil and you realize that crushed diamonds are what they're walking on yeah is that in from blood and ash is that where she went to go talk to nikdos because am i remembering correctly that there were like diamonds that the draken were like laying on or something or is my mind completely wrong i don't think it's where she went to visit them but I don't know that that necessarily means that they weren't laying on that. Like, because hmm. I'm pretty where, sure. Where did they go when they like traveled through the mountain or whatever to yeah, go? Yeah, I was pretty sure they went to Delos. And that's the court that Colas currently. Right. In, right. But of oh, course. Oh, okay. That would make sense to me. I just can't remember. Yeah. Okay. Don't mind me. <laughs> Forget I brought that up. <laughs> oh, funny. I just, now I want to know more about that because I don't remember that super clearly either. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, I would like to know just because I'm intrigued, I would like to know how old 
Nectus is. <laughs> like, because <laughs> right? he's, he's already ancient in this series. And so, like, also, we don't know exactly how much time has passed between this series and from yeah. Blood and Ash. So, like, if he's already ancient here, like, how much older? Like, how old is he? <laughs> I know. And also the fact that, like, he, didn't he help create yeah. humans? Yeah. He lent his fire to their flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Right. It's so crazy. His real name is Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't know myself. (laughs) I think that makes Nikdos' dad Eve. (laughs) Because I think he was the other half of that. Yes, he was. (laughs) Equation. Oh my gosh, humans were made by two men. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. Um... Um, okay, so I love, speaking of little family units, I mm-hmm. love how much Jade trusts Sierra, like, so fast. Like, yeah. like you mentioned, when she eats off the fork and Nectis is like, holy shit, like, I've not even been able to get her to do this and I'm actually her father. Um, or that, like, when she, um, when Sierra and Aos are watching them and she turns into her human form to sleep on yeah. like Sierra's chest. And Aos is like, wow, especially when they're young like that, they don't usually sleep in their human form unless they feel really safe. Oh, and I was like, <laughs> of course they don't. <laughs> and then like the relationship that she's building with Reaver, like, oh my God. And in that scene with VCs, is that how you pronounce her name? Well, let's find out. Well, but that scene just like broke my heart yeah. with him and his defense of her. And uh, he was just so Vessies. Vessies. Yeah. I think that's probably how I was Vesses. Vesses. I don't know how I was saying it. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, that scene too, he was just, oh. yeah heart yeah and then like how immediately after he woke up he was already like where is she like how can I like help her like Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he's what like like uh, the equivalent of a 10 year old like I know yeah he's a baby Uh, so should we talk about Vessis Vessis Vesis girl can I tell you at the moment she walked in and she um saw Vessi's feeding from Nikos, like I was he was so funny because I was heartbroken, I was furious, but then I was also like already rationalizing, right? I was like, this clearly can't be what she like it it looks like what she thinks it looks like, but I it can't be. I was like, Nikos wouldn't do this to us. Like I was like to us it wasn't even to her I was like he wouldn't do that to us like he wouldn't (laughs) yeah at first I was super shocked and then what started becoming like the main focus for me was she immediately ran off and started like 
freaking out to an extreme. Yeah. Which became a huge extreme because of the embers in her. Right. Um, But my first thought was like, you should trust him. Weren't you, didn't you finally like recognize that you're like absolutely in love with him and like you guys right. have really solidified this. But she, just, like, but she just, that's the thing, right? Is like, of course, rationally, we can be like, you should just trust him. But like, if we were in that position and we walked in on the person that we had just basically professed our love to and like, it pretty much looks like he's fucking someone else. Like, are you yeah. going to tell me that you're going to, you're going to stand there and be like, okay, can you please explain to me what's going on here? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> um, okay. But like, I definitely had that reaction. Well, of course like, I did too. I was like, wait, you should go back and let him talk to you. And I was like, yeah, of course that's not going to happen. That's true. But then so when I found out that there was more to the story like when she was like telling what actually happened I was like I knew there was a reason well yeah there was never a doubt in my mind that there was a reason but I think can I tell you the longer that he didn't like correct anything the more worried I got like like my rationalization felt weaker the longer that he just let her think whatever she was gonna think about it interesting so for me I always knew that there was something else and like there were there was information that she was missing and thus we were also missing right but then every time he didn't say what was going on I was just like what the fuck yeah like what and I think that was one of the reasons why he wasn't my favorite character in this book is because he couldn't set aside his pride enough to tell her what was happening and would just like I don't know if it was worse that he like acknowledged that it was a thing and then that's it versus like trying to deny there was anything between them like he was like yeah there's yeah what you saw is yeah and then doesn't say anymore and then he and everyone else are so confused when she then starts acting like prim and proper and like poised because like they're like who huh what why aren't you normal and i'm like and i love why isn't she normal like you are telling her that there's something going on with you guys and but like not only but not only like i love that like That everybody was like shocked, and then but then but then she was shocked that everybody was shocked, and I'm like, girl, you have been running around here wreaking havoc, <laughs> and now you're like, yes, okay, mm-hmm, sure, knock knock, like here I am, bro. Like, of course, people are gonna be. <laughs> Like, that was what was so funny to me is that she was so surprised that everybody else, like, was surprised at how much she had changed. Because she she made the statement to herself. She was like, fine, I'll just do what I have to do and I'll shut down and blah, blah, blah. Like, why are you surprised that people are surprised that you're not 
being yourself, you know, like, well, see, that's the thing is I kind of would be surprised too, because that I other people would notice. No, that they were surprised that she was acting differently. Right. That they would notice that she was acting differently. And that they were questioning it and confused by it. Hmm. That they just expect her to still go on and be normal as if like he didn't just break her heart and is continually. But nobody, not everybody knew that he'd broke her heart. The only person who knew Vessies was in the building was Belle. And even Belle didn't know like the full extent of it oh okay. and um was it Hector or Scion I get all of them confused or Rain it might have been Rain again those three very interchangeable for me it's really bad <laughs> even though we learned more details this time I right. still forget um I mean they're a little less interchangeable now at the end but yeah that's... um it might have been Rain and he was like um uh, what was i talking about about rain and his reaction to her oh yeah no, i just and, assumed and, and that even because... he didn't like he hadn't realized that her reaction had been tied to vessie's being there like nobody knew because she made a very big point to not tell anybody mm what she had seen and of course Nikdos wasn't going to be running around being like yeah she caught Vessis feeding from me and it looked like we were fucking but we weren't don't like you know yeah and then we talked about it and <laughs> she knows that there's something else but I just can't tell her right and like he did gonna... that multiple more times and I still don't understand why she's right. acting differently hmm. yeah like that's like so not especially all the other gods most of them did, had no idea okay okay but like okay i guess i can see that but nikdos's reaction yes I'm like, his was bullshit there were so many times in this book where i was just like pull your head to both of them not even just it was it was definitely skewed more towards him but i definitely had moments of that with sira too where i was like pull your head out of your goddamn ass and just fucking talk to each other like <laughs> i know the amount of times that she misinterpreted what he was saying because she would cut him off or whatever so he couldn't finish the sentence and she assumed so many things and what did she do she made an ass out of herself that's what they say about assuming exactly um, but also like or uh, she would cut him off and then he wouldn't clarify he would just be like that too okay that's what she thinks now and I'm like that's not how conversations work <laughs> like it's not if someone assumes something by cutting you off if you care about them you'd be like wait hold on a second you misunderstood what I was saying right or like way at the beginning and I felt this way at the end of the first book too when like he was like you were here to kill me I'm like of fucking course she was like what what else did you think her whole big plan was did you really think that this mortal girl was gonna be like oh sure I'll just marry the primal of death and not try to say like like interesting I didn't have that thought but that that is that makes a lot of sense that you would have that thought of course 
that was her plan. Like, also, you've now realized that that was her plan. But, Mr. I've been around for who knows how long, because I also don't know how old Niktos is. But, like, Mr. I've been around for longer than her 21 years. Like, maybe sit with your feelings a little bit think it through you can feel upset that she had been planning to kill you that sucks it does but then also maybe just think about all of the times you were alone with her and she didn't kill you or try to kill you like maybe put two and two together and think to yourself maybe she was having second thoughts like (laughs) (laughs) like it just made me so maybe irrationally <laughs> angry more at Niktos than her like she certainly made me angry many times yeah. but like he's x amount of years old like he does have more of a responsibility as the older person in even even if they had just been friends like you know like you have the responsibility as someone who has more life experience to maybe like sit with yourself and be like, this fucking sucked. Cause it did, but maybe there's a reason behind it. Or maybe I should, I don't know, talk to her about it. <laughs> it just. <laughs> All of yeah. this would have been avoided if you guys had just, I don't know, had a five minute conversation real quick. Yeah. However, let me tell you, this book had so many tropes that I was just like the forced proximity, the like fake relationship, the like the deal, like pleasure for pleasure's sake deal. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, I see you. Yeah. Or me just like, you have to be within arm's reach so you don't escape. I'm like, you just want her in your bed. You just want to snuggle. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I wouldn't have gotten any of that if they had had a five minute conversation. So whatever. Yeah, that's that's the thing is like, there really wouldn't have been the majority of this book if they had acted like adults. And I can say that as someone who, of course, a hundred percent of the time always acts like an adult and never has a remotion, um, um, I can't even talk and never has an emotional reaction to anything. Nope. I'm, I'm very unemotional. <laughs> I'm trying to make a serious face and I keep that. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I think we need to maybe stop using the term adult to mean that, like, you actually, your life experience and age makes you someone who we should listen to and look up to because exhibit A, A being Nikdos. Oh, I thought is- you, when you said A, you went like this and I thought you were pointing at me. <laughs> I was like, Damn. <laughs> I mean, true, no. but damn. I mean, I can be savage sometimes, <laughs> but not today. <laughs> that, like, <sighs> adulting and being an adult, we doesn't actually mean that you're 
good at a lot of things and have emotional maturity and um are a decent person with wisdom and everything like the whole thing of like respecting your elders I understand to an extent but the thing is right I I agree because the thing is is like and I think they mentioned that a few times in this book too of like okay but what have you done to earn my respect like there's there can be a base level of of just respect for everyone I feel like but I don't think anyone is owed more respect than anyone else just because they're older or Mm -hmm. what you know like everybody deserves respect period and if you want a higher level of respect then you have to prove to whoever it is that you deserve it you know like Mm -hmm. because if you're gonna be a shithead I'm not gonna respect you probably not even the base I mean like technically do you still deserve basic human rights yes (laughs) whatever I won't be happy about it oh goodness yeah oh I have a question Mm -hmm. did you or do you have an answer to why those writers bowed to her do you think it's just because of the embers because I had the feeling that there was something else so remember when when yeah I'm trying to remember the details of that because it was the because it was the other four horsemen of the apocalypse right they don't right. call it that but like it was famine and right plague and war yeah i think they bowed to her because she's life right so you think it's because of the embers ah uh, that's what i thought you okay. thought there was something more to do with her i wondered if there was just like oh. like i was like it maybe it's just the embers but like i don't know there was just something about the whole scenario because like because oh no and now I remember it's because Nectis is like oh I haven't seen that happen in a long time and then Niktos is like I've never seen that happen like oh so like so it just there was something weird like it just felt like maybe it was more than just the embers mm-hmm. and maybe it wasn't and I was just reading into it more than I yeah um Oh, and then after that, when he had to leave and he was like, she's important to me, Nectas, I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder if we'll ever know what that right. meant. I hope so. Because again, with the world building here, yeah. we're, we're left not that we're left hanging but we're left very confused very frequently i am wondering why i wrote i fucking love nectus with like seven exclamation points well i mean he's pretty great i mean true but i did put a specific page number <clears throat> is it so- the instance where he protected her from nectos and like physically like, no but i loved that her part. under his wing i thought that was so sweet 
Mm-hmm. And she's like, wait, aren't you supposed to be protecting him from me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. <sighs> okay. So it's after they, he was with her when she told her secret to the well or whatever. And they're like sitting and eating. And he just looks at her and he goes, Sarah. And she goes, yes. And he goes, you okay? And then she was like, I think so. And then she's like, I mean, I will be because I always am. And then he goes, not everyone can always be okay. And if you happen to find that you're not, you can talk to me. We'll make sure you're okay. Agreed? And I was like, oh. Oh. I was like, he's the father figure we all deserve. (laughs) You know, can I have a nectus, please? Oh, like, I was just like, you're so perfect and sweet and I love you so much. Hmm. Um, I really like... Not just in this series, because I I think she does a really good job of it with a lot of the main male characters in the other series as well. But I really like how Jennifer, it seems, makes a very conscious effort that all of the good males treat each other really well, but they also treat like the female characters and not just the main ones, but like all of them super well too like romantically and not right so like romantically right we've got Nikdos like realizing that she hasn't taken a bath in her own bathtub in forever and then realizing why and then creating a solution that I mean sure led to some sassy time but like the root of it wasn't about sex the root of it was to give her a place to be comfortable to actually take a bath because mm-hmm. nobody wants to do you know a little wipe down with cold bucket water right like and so he drew her a bath or like all of the times that he's checking in about her eating and like she thinks it's weird but then you find out it's because he's wanting to make sure that she's getting the nutrients that she needs to be going through what she's going through and then mm-hmm. it's like instances like this where ne- uh Nectis is just like are you okay? But instead of pushing her to talk about it, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, you can come to me and we can talk it through if and or when you want to do it. Right. Cause like, and this is something that I have been trying to learn as someone who likes to be helpful and who likes to help other people is that just because I am there and ready to help them does not mean that they are ready or want the help ever or at that point in time. And so what I have to do as someone who wants to be helpful is let them know that I will be there to help them if and or when they want it and then step back. And that's really hard because in my head, I'm like, oh, but they should just know that I want to help them and they should just let me help them. (laughs) And that's just not how it works, right? So like just to have like, we talk all the time about really good female role models, but I think, I mean, I noticed, I've noticed it a lot in quite a few of the books that we've read for the podcast, but like, it seems especially apparent in these two series that Jennifer really tries to make a point to have really good and varied forms of 
good male representation because it's not always romantic because I feel like that can sometimes be the reason like you see the really good behavior but it's in just the romantic lead right but like I feel like it's much more universal yeah even in like the guards that like by the end of it she's like rain I kind of really like you and he's like I kind of like you too and not in like a romantic way and just like a let's be friends or a weird hodgepodgey family or what you know like Mm -hmm. um or like poppy and I think especially Delano but like you know it's just um because it's talked about a lot with girls about having those really strong emotional friendships but I it's one of the sides to toxic masculinity that's not talked about is that men are not allowed you know quote unquote societally to have deep emotional friendships especially with other men but also with women because like oh a man and a woman can't possibly be friends because it's just not how biology works (laughs) today is apparently the episode of weird accents but like <clears throat> mm-hmm. it just I really yeah. liked it it seems to be a very intentional effort on mm-hmm. the first part also like the way that her same-sex marriage uh maybe marriages I don't know what their <laughs> relationship status is but like relationships you know like with Delano and whatever his I don't partner, remember his name yeah whatever his partner's name is in um from blood and ash and then aos and bell in this one and it's just like it's there and nobody cares like and like that's how it should be right like because nobody bats an eye at a heterosexual couple so like yeah. why should like it should just be the norm you know and so i think i like that she's making those strides in her books as well Mm -hmm. yeah I agree with everything you just said yeah Mm -hmm. it's because I'm brilliant no um (laughs) understand yes you don't understand do you no I remember that part but what were they talking about and who was she talking to and why do I feel like it was rain Uh, I don't know Hey, it was rain. Oh, so this is when she's finding out about like she she has woken up after Nikto's put her to sleep because she was about to take down the whole building. And they're talking about the roots, right? And he's like, they were trying to protect you. And she's like, no, they were choking me. And he's like, well, you were fighting, like they wouldn't have been choking you if you had actually like laid down, but like you were fighting them. So they mm-hmm. were fighting, like, right? <laughs> And then he's like, they were trying to cover you to keep you safe. Okay, let me explain it this way. And he's like, primals are part of the very fabric of the realms. The roots keep them connected to the realms while they rest. And he goes, understand? And Sarah goes, yeah. And then rain squinted. You don't understand. Sarah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that felt so real to me. Like, cause there have been so many times in my life where someone has explained something and I've been like, I don't get it. They've tried to explain it a different way. I don't get it and then they're like do you get it and like and then I I feel bad because like they've explained it to me twice now 
And so then I'm just like, totally got it. (laughs) And they're like, great. And they don't usually check back in, but maybe they should. (laughs) Cause there have been many times where I've been like, totally got it. And then they walk away and I'm like, I have no idea what they were like. They could Mm -hmm. have a whole different language. Um, I thought that was really funny. That was, yeah, that was a very funny scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I noted was I don't remember who said this if this was uh another primal or goddess or something that the Balfour name mm-hmm. um is something that's important and that's um what's her face's last name who they're visiting where the, to find the Bailey. yeah yeah. That's her last name. Mm-hmm. Whose last name is it in From Blood and Ash? Poppies. Penelope Balfour. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I could not remember. I knew it was someone's last name. Oh my gosh. Wait, speaking of connections to From Blood and Ash, so the Draken that Sierra kills and then brings back to life is one of the full-grown Draken that Poppy has with her in A War of Two Queens. You froze, so I oh, no! <laughs> didn't hear anything that you just said. <laughs> so, in, so, Thad, Tad, Thad, the Draken that Sira kills and then brings back to life, is a fully, is one of the fully-grown Draken that Poppy has with her in a war of two queens oh did you remember that no so I remembered it only because I don't know how to pronounce his name and I didn't know how to pronounce his name in that book either ah because I don't know if it's I'll I'll check and see if she told us but because I don't know if it's Thad or Tad right because like Thomas is technically T-H right but it's a hard T yeah that's fair um it's Thad okay um but yeah like so i was like oh like a little bit of connection. how did you start what you were talking about because i thought we were talking about the last name balfour and how oh i said speaking of connections from this book to oh gotcha gotcha series. okay well it wasn't just even that the last names were the same but that oh. um one of the goddesses said like watch out for this name like yeah. it's going to be he um was it the goddess of souls Kila? yeah is she the one who took his cardia i don't think so oh okay yeah but i think she said something to that effect when she visited their coronation maybe yeah it was at the coronation i think that sounds right um but yeah, thank you. I was like, wait a minute. It's not Castile because he's Denier. But then I was like, well, is mm. it? And it was just like a And it's a not second... Kieran because he's a Kantu. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't know if I know anybody else's last names. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> very, very fair. Yeah. Yeah. So most of my final notes are towards the very end of the book so I don't know what 
else you have before we get um, to that point? Oh, I do have the one small point of when Sira and Nikdos go to visit Delphi and he's like, I've been waiting three years. <laughs> and I was like, that's hilarious because he's been there since Nikdos visited her the first time thinking that he was going to take her with at that point. But and then I just love that he didn't leave. Like he was just like, I guess I'll just wait here until it happens. Um, yeah, that's that's very true. So they ask him the question, right? Of like, how can we do this? And he's like, Oh, easy, just drain all the blood out of her, and then You'll the embers will be, and then the embers will be yours. But of course, she'll die. And then Sierra was like, What? And I was <laughs> like, Did no one else see that coming? Like. Of course, that was like. Did you really think that he was just gonna be able to be like pluck pluck and you would be fine? Like this, it has been made clear so many times throughout this book that these embers are fundamentally changing who you are, and you thought that you could just be like pluck done. I was like, come on. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that maybe there could have been something with like the two souls mm. thing that maybe something could have worked there. Um, but yeah, I I don't know that I was surprised by that or not. I don't recall. Yeah. But um, there were a couple of things from their visit with Delphi that I wanted to talk about actually. Yeah um so oh pardon me it's past six o'clock so therefore apparently it's bedtime already bedtime (laughs) um but that they were talking about the like the balance of things and when like primals and gods started feeling emotions that there no longer like was balance anymore and they couldn't make like rational decisions to keep balance in the world or something like that Mm -hmm. and it struck me as very interesting that in this world if you don't have emotions that meant that you were able to like keep things as they should be and like where things are good where you're not having wars and like everything like that because I was like well because like sociopaths like don't feel which is I mean I'm not saying we're not saying that sociopaths are like great so I'm having a hard time though the thing is though that I don't think people always remember about like sociopaths is that sure they don't feel emotions but not every sociopath is also a murderer right like it's it's not necessarily that they go hand in hand right like it's not just because you're a sociopath you're also a murderer right like it's also like if you look at um a good number of people who are on the autism spectrum a lot of them have sometimes quite strong emotional responses but a lot of them are very like logic and fact like factually driven um which 
is sometimes part of how things are difficult with them because you can try to explain them something and then well they'll they'll be like well well why why isn't it this way and you're like well it just isn't and they're like but you know like it can be hard to I don't really know why I'm bringing that part of it up but like aside from the fact that not every sociopath is a murderer I don't know and I don't really know how I jumped all the way to autism or what I was trying to say about that but I'm not sure either oh Um, but like but but not autistic people or people with autism are not I mean I'm sure there's probably been people with autism who have killed people but like not all of them are running around and killing people either you know yeah but I mean I guess the point I was trying to make is that they're claiming that like emotions were the problem and right that without them like everything's good and I just thought that was ironic because yeah we know that that's not always true yeah well as you know we're just women and women are so emotional and that's why they can't make any hard decisions and shouldn't Mm -hmm. be in charge of anything and yes that's that's very very true and accurate (laughs) and we believe it wholeheartedly (laughs) unlike me though because i am not emotional as we've already established right 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 that is not something that i would equate with you ever surprise i'm actually a sociopath um Oh, the okay. So then, like a part point. Part, I'm so glad that I never have brain farts. Um, the part right after Delphi is like, well, of course she's gonna die, and then Neek Jose is like about to kill him, and then she's like, don't kill him, and then he has that whole breakdown, and he's like, no, I would you I was supposed to die and I was like it was so like such a compelling moment in the book to me because I was like um like first of all imagine seeing your own death and knowing exactly how it was going to happen and like yeah whoa but then two imagine seeing it knowing how it was going to happen getting into that situation and then it not happening, right? Like it was such a weird like mixture of, of emotions for me because mm-hmm. I was like, I was grateful that he wasn't dead, that Sarah had stopped Nikdos, but then also like pitying him because he wasn't dead because he was su- like supposed to be. And then I was worried as fuck. And I'm like, what if he is su- like, what if, he's supposed to be like what if this causes a weird chain reaction in oh this prophecy that i don't understand like oh interesting (laughs) you know like i didn't have that thought at all what the thought i did have was one of the things that drives me crazy in books (laughs) i'm so excited to hear it so right he has this meltdown and then he's starting to like mumble things and they're like uh okay he's just like spewing nonsense we're gonna peace out like Mm -hmm. it's fine i'm like 
no, you need to listen to what he's saying because you're, this is like critical information. Even if he's like not fully making sense like this, do not ignore this and assume that it's not important. Well, she, she realizes later that it's important. Like she, thankfully later after she's been captured, she's like, she thinks about it more and she thinks about the beast and, and then. I guess I don't remember that part. But. Well, because I think Cola says something about a silver beast or whatever and, and moonlight. And then she's like, oh, kind of like what what's his face said. Mm. She doesn't say what's his face. She says Delphi, but I yeah. forgot I forgot his name. Real, real well, quick. speaking of silver beasts, um, did you know what was going on with the silver hawk and the fact that like they're not supposed to exist no. anymore? But but that his dad was the only one who saw them, and then she's like the only one who sees them. And then he was like, she's like, I saw one. And he's like, no, you didn't. And then he just like lived his life. Um, Oh, I guess I didn't realize that his dad was the only one who saw them. I thought that they hadn't been around for a while and they were around when his dad. Oh, maybe that was it. Yeah, maybe that was it. And then that they're coming back because she's there. Oh, interesting i wondered if there was something more to that or if like was it the hawk that was injured that she helped and then somehow it became this like other silver something yeah i don't know Mm. but yeah it had me questioning that and then like the the white wolf or like silvery white whatever wolf that's kind of being associated with like the moonlight and everything Mm -hmm. and then right at the end is ash yeah so is that him because i thought that like i was confused because they're saying that primals can take on another form but i thought his other form was like his winged like yeah thing i think but then he has the animal that's the horse odin so right. I was like, there's... No- oh my gosh, I thought of the other thing that tied into mythology. So we'll go back to that eventually. Um, if you remember it. Also accurate. Um, yeah, I don't know is the short answer. Um, because I thought I remembered back in maybe the third from Blood and Ash book when Kieran and Poppy are like walking through the city and he's just like teaching her about whatever their capital city is called Mm. um and they keep seeing all of the um like murals of nikdos and he's like he couldn't i i thought he had said like he couldn't turn into a wolf but he was like had a partnership with them and he gave them the ability to switch forms and so and then like and then I thought he explained it that it was like if you see the wolf next to him it means one thing and if the wolf is behind him it means a different thing Uh okay but now I don't know that I'm remembering that properly and maybe he can because we know his at least one of his sons we know shape shifts into the cave right cat yeah i don't know that's all confusing because right because she saw the white wolf when she was younger and i'm like 
what I know there's significance right. here. Help me out. I'm not th- connecting all I, the dots. I, I think it must be him, right? Because he told her that he used to watch her when she was younger. Oh, you think he watched in the form of his well a a wolf would be less creepy than a fully grown man watching a child you know like i love i loved that part where she's like you should have come talk to me and he's like yeah me as a fully grown man should have come talk to the unaccompanied small female child in the middle of the woods that seems like a great plan (laughs) like (laughs) and i love that she was like right right yeah yeah fair (laughs) okay <laughs> you make a good argument there. Okay, good point. Um I thought that was really funny. Um Okay, so basically there's still lots of confusion. Yeah. Around basically this. I have no idea. Okay. Because so but so that was that was another thing that was interesting to me and this is what helped me remember what my other point was about mythology was when she's talking to Nectos or Nectos? I don't remember which one. Nectos. Names. They're a little <laughs> too close together. Like I know. I don't know me. why she had to do that. <laughs> um, but she's talking to one of them, and they're talking about the other shape shifting. It must be Nectar, Nectus. I don't know. She's talking to somebody about the other shape shifting races that are out there. And he's like, well, there's the wyvern, which I think is really interesting that they're called wyvern because that's technically a type of dragon, right? But like, they're the cat shifters. Oh, yeah. And then he, and then he's like, and then, oh, no, it must be Nikdos. Because then he talks about the serene, which are sirens. And I was like, look at you being sneaky. Where it's basically the, like, nice. So that was the other mythology mm, thing. Gotcha. But yeah, I was very confused by the wyvern thing because sure, it's spelled differently than classical wyvern spelling. But like wyverns are dragon shaped, but they have two legs and then just wings. Whereas technically dragons are four legs and wings Mm. and then there's like drakes that are like snakes with legs and like they're like really long and thin and they've got like wings they don't look quite like they still look they look like dragon snakes (laughs) (laughs) doesn't that sound even more appealing dragon snakes um Mm -hmm. But so I was I was a little intrigued by that part of it. But then I was also intrigued. So like if Nikdos can't shapeshift and he just has the partnership, then how can one of their sons, because we don't know if Malik can shapeshift or not. I would assume he can because his twin brother can, but I don't right. know. Like where uh, did he get that ability from? Right. Is it just because he's the child of two? And the thing is, we know that she's going to become a primal at some point. Oh, that was the other reason that I was like, why can't you just put the Cardia back? Because we know that later she is a primal. So like clearly something happens. And like, so that's the other thing. If if in the third book, Nikdos is like, maybe we should put the Cardia back. I'm going to be 
I'm going to be <laughs> so mad at him <laughs> that that wasn't the first fucking suggestion that he had. <laughs> um, I feel like you should direct your anger more to the author than to the character. Yeah. But I'll be also, mad at I want to be mad at. How can those two produce a son who is so bad? I don't understand. Well, he wasn't, he, but he wasn't always bad, right? Like that's part of what, um, what is it? Castile's mom. I think when she, remember in whatever book she does it, she has a, she, she and Poppy sit down and talk and she's at this point because they think Malik is Poppy's dad and um she's like he wasn't always the way he ended up being like it was his love for ice bath yeah is bath however you're supposed to say it that drove him craze like that sort of drove him to that point and she's like and yeah maybe he was always prone to big emotions but he was not always Mm, okay the monster that you know Hmm. he ended up being okay i guess that makes sense but maybe she was lying because she sure as shit didn't give them all the information because that's the whole, oh it must be the third book because that's the whole reason that she goes unprepared and Castile gets captured in the first place. Mm-hmm. Oh, that bitch. I mean, I still like his mom, but like maybe like yeah, maybe Slightly like less. Tell, maybe tell the whole truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing about the truth. So help me God. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. That definitely changed my view of her yeah or at least for a little bit and then i started liking her again but oh okay yeah okay just kidding maybe drakes are not snake dragons (laughs) apparently drakes are like dragons but with no wings oh interesting they look like dragon wolves <laughs> huh okay um let's see That's different. okay the part after they met with delphi and they're talking about the inevitable and she has and Sierra has sort of been like okay this is what's gonna have to happen and he being Niktos is like I would have loved you if I could have mm. <laughs> and then, and she was like take me back to my lake when it's oh, time sobbing. oh my god I was sobbing but then they get back to the Shadowlands and shit has hit the fan. 
And my first thought when they walk in and Aos and Ector are dead, I'm like, if you guys hadn't stopped to fuck each other, would you have gotten back in time? Like, ooh, I, was, I didn't think about that. I was, like, I was so, like, I get why, because they had this big emotional moment and I get why it was emphasized with sex. But then they get back and shit hit the fan. And I was like, if you had not taken... I mean, it probably wasn't that long, but like the 10 or 15 minutes to fuck each other. Like, would you have been able to get there and saved more people? Yeah, that scene when she was trying to save Hector was just terrible. Horrible. And I was sobbing, right? Because I, and the thing is, is I was more sad about Aos than I, I mean, I was sad about Ector, but I was more sad about Aos. Um, just because I feel like we as readers knew her better. Um, and it was, it was awful, especially when she had to get pulled away from Ector. But then the moment that all the diakis started eating him, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I know. Mm-mm. yeah that was that was rough and I did not like it <laughs> yeah that was also was I the only one who was really sad when it turned out that they couldn't trust Addie Addie's yes I was so sad I was so pissed yeah I did not see it coming. I am a little bit hopeful that we'll find out that he was like forced. Like I'm, I'm hoping that we'll find out later that he had no other choice. Cause I liked, I kind of like for as weird as he was, I kind of liked him, you know? Yeah. I liked him too. And I think I'm really hoping for that Yeah, because there were multiple instances where it seemed like he was sincere and I don't like the thought of thinking that, he was just but he tricked that. us too yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah um and then my last note is oh fuck more prophecies <laughs> <laughs> oh actually my last note says author's note but we already talked about that but okay. my, my last note about the actual book is just oh fuck more prophecies <laughs> oh okay so i have why am i why am i so bad at them why are we collectively both i know we should have really thought about that before we started this fantasy book related podcast and maybe like one person who was good at prophecies (laughs) i know we did not think that through very well i (laughs) i am so confused so confused yeah by everything because like we've said before everyone interprets things differently mm-hmm. and then you think you finally figured it out but then it turns out that that was wrong like you know basically every everything you were saying about like mm-hmm. the history of the other books and what they thought was real and yep. just not understanding what's happening ever but did you catch that the main revenant callum mm-hmm. is the same revenant yeah as in the other series 
yeah it took me until like those last scenes and I had a holy shit moment (laughs) oh are you are you I'm sorry are you saying that when he was still Deos did I or Deas day no um that he is the main revenant in from blood and ash yeah well yeah i didn't put that together oh the very end and then i was like holy shit yeah he's the one who like disappears at the end of a war of two queens Mm -hmm. also like i'm really glad that this at least she was able to save one of them but like despite the fact that jennifer had basically just done that in a war of two queens where she killed a bunch of people all in a row and then poppy brought them all back to life when they showed up and aos and actor were dead and i was like oh, no and then she brought them back and i was like oh good <laughs> or brought her back at least yeah i Especially I almost think it was worse that she was able to bring back Aos and not Ector and yes. not Ector absolutely and then his demise was that gruesome yeah no that's definitely going to be haunting her for a while for sure oh I meant for me as like, oh. like a reader too also accurate mm-hmm. um but also like especially after we learned everything that had happened to Aos and like I was so glad that her life was not ended i know permanently that's very true yeah so my final note is what 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 (laughs) i just finished the book so confused yeah so many aspects that i don't understand right like is ash actually the wolf is the wolf that's there not ash but still the same wolf that she had healed in the forest when she healed the wolf in the fort like that and like what's going on with this prophecy and i don't know that i'm ever gonna like unless jennifer flat out just like does like one thing after another and is like this is this part of the uh prophecy i don't think i'm ever gonna know yeah. I'm so I'm also bad at riddles. I think we've talked about this before too. Like both of us are. Yeah. It's really bad. Um yeah. but yeah, basically the end of that book, I was left astonished and astounded and confused. And also, what is it with fantasy authors? Like so much already happened in the book. And then the last like hundred pages, they're like, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) here's action and information that could take up a whole other new book. Yeah, exactly. Like here's like literally, exactly. Like here's literally enough information that could fill a whole other book, but you get a hundred pages, maybe 200. Like... (laughs) And why does it surprise me every time it happens? Right? Oh, we're such suckers. <laughs> and I love it. Um, oopsies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm super excited. We've talked about this. 
outside of the podcast, but we can mention it on the podcast too. Jennifer L. Armantrout announced that she will be releasing three books next year instead of her normal two books, which already is a shit ton of books because her books are not small. Um, And she is, I'm trying to look it up on her Instagram now so I can give you um, like actual information instead of actual information yeah yeah we don't want to provide any fake news i know especially about books we might (laughs) we might give fake news on accident about other things (laughs) but it not in Oh, she posts on her Instagram all the time. Okay, so in my Apple Books, I have two books in the Blood and Ash series that I can pre-order. One is book five, A Soul of Ash and Blood. And book six is Visions of Flesh and Blood. Yeah. A blood and ash slash flesh and fire compendium. Right. So that's going to be like a big old crossover. So it's a comprehensive companion guide for background history, reader favorite information, art, and reference materials. Oh, okay. Then I'm... from the point of view of Miss Willa herself. Fuck yes! <laughs> I do. The I compendium want whole... acts like research material, but reads like a journal. Oh my god, are we basically gonna get Miss Willa Collins's journal? Oh my god, that that is gonna be amazing. Oh okay, wait. God. What are the descriptions of? Hold on. There's. Oh yeah. So the the fifth book. A Soul of Ash and Blood is Hawk's view. Yeah. Um of the first novel. Right. Which I'm excited for. Like I think we're gonna get some good, or I'm hoping we'll get some good. Yeah. Um information here. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, hold on. And then I have nothing in the Flesh and Fire series that I can pre-order in Apple Books yet. <gasps> whoa that was really Beautiful. cute mm-hmm. i know that's me <laughs> you're beautiful it's true um yeah because the third book is supposed to be for this series right i thought so but maybe i misread it hold on i'm just looking through I will find her post eventually. Hmm. Well, so maybe that compendium will finally tell us. Maybe we'll finally understand how the world works. Right? Yeah. That that could be a critical, critical book in these series for us personally. (laughs) Right? I feel like I'm getting closer. I feel like I'm getting closer. 
Okay. Announcement time. Here we go. Okay. So there's three books. A Soul of Ash and Blood coming July 18th of 2023. It'll revisit the first novel in the Blood and Ash series. Visions of Flood. Flood. <laughs> Visions of Flood of Flesh and Blood, the compendium that you were talking about, will be October 31st of next year. The comprehensive guide, Miss Willa herself. Book three next year is a flesh, a fire in the flesh, book three of the flesh and fire series coming December 12th, 2023. This will be the final book in the flesh and fire series. And then in spring of 2024 comes actual book five in the blood and ash series. And that is called the primal of blood and bone. Whoa. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm so freaking excited. I'm now I'm even more excited about the compendium because maybe I'll finally understand how this world works. (laughs) That'll be super exciting. What? At that point, it'll be seven books into the series. (laughs) And I'll finally get it. Um it'll be the eighth book of this of both series that we've read. No, because there's four. There's four out of the other series, two out of this one, but the Hawk View is coming out first. Right. So that'll be seven books. So the eighth book is four plus two is not four plus two is six. Right. I'll right. be I'll have read seven books in the series. So that'll be the eighth book. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I said it would be the seven, I'll be seven books in because I'll have read the other seven books. Oh, I misinterpreted what that meant. That meant that like the compendium was the seventh book. No. Okay. I'll have finished seven books by that time. Okay. So now that we figured out that very important math, (laughs) do you have anything else to talk about um, in the A Light in the Flame? I mean, probably, but like, not that I can currently recall. Right. <laughs> oh, well, it was so good. We thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I'm so excited for all of the books that will be coming out next year and then not too long after that. Um, yeah. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at UPM Pod Official, on Instagram at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast. And um, as always, you can email us at uniquelyportablemagicpodcast at gmail.com. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.